0: Hey guys welcome back to the be there in five podcast and can i just say right now i did not like that hey guys uh, 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 you need to have a lower register and like a more soothing tone like kim k does hey guys and i a lot of you know that's like the token thing bloggers say i think i've been watching one too many nordstrom sale um stories like oh my god i've literally never shopped the nordstrom sale i fully support that that's their main paycheck of the year but it's just, it's a lot of Nordstrom content, and the thing is, Nordstrom's not paying for the advertising, it's all affiliate, it's, it's pretty genius on their part, and knee Hi, everyone, I'm Kate Kennedy, host of this podcast, the Be There in 5 podcast, I am also owner and founder of my namesake company, Be There in 5, I'm the author of a book called Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star, a ch- children's parody book that one reviewer said, is uh, the funniest children's parody book since Go the F to Sleep. And we've all seen that given one too many times. at a baby shower, so why not change it up and give them something new? My book uh, is about imagining if nursery rhyme characters had Instagram, so they're like, you know, like, Little Bo Peep has a GoFundMe for her lost sheep and whatnot. And I did it as a joke if, like, a mother was explaining to their child uh, the career option of being an influencer as if it was, like, a firefighter or a doctor. But anyway, um, yes, I'm the host of this podcast and, you know, I'm trying to be more mindful of my intros and making them stronger because I know every time I listen to a podcast, a new podcast, a new voice, a new person, it takes me so long to get used to their style, their personality, their tone. And I know I only have a few minutes to hook people. And if I were you, you're probably already gone. But I'm going to try to be better because when I have guests on like the lovely Heather McDonald who's on today, uh, they, they bring a new audience, people that are big fans of theirs. And I just, you know, I want you to return and I, I would love it if you stuck around and I promise I'm fun. I'm a real fun gal. And, um, (laughs) I promised myself I was going to stop calling myself fun and generally using the word gal because it's kind of the voice I use. I, I have this bit inside my head about the, um, the people at like bunco parties And how I used to hear my mom's friends talk and they'd be like, that is such a fun top. Is that from pennies? You're so fun. You're wild. Can I steal you for a second? Blouse slacks. You know, people use the word slacks or just like synonyms for things you talk about all the time but that you're just I don't know. I mean, I am an adult, but I still consider them to be (laughs) things adults say (laughs) like young lady. I, I you only say that as a joke, right? Like, have you ever actually called somebody young lady? Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I fully acknowledge that the least fun people are the ones that say they're fun, and uh, it's kind of like people who use party is a verb. You know, if if you're saying like "let's go party," I'm uh, you know assuming you're headed to a game night or a murder mystery dinner or like I don't know, just listening to celebrate by Cool and the Gang. But um, by the way, can can we retire that song? I am so tired of like. The token like locomotion style 90s skating rink music that like literally you anybody in America would turn it off if it came on the radio when they were driving. But for some reason at weddings, it, it it's like the, it washes over you and you're just excited to recognize a song because you probably didn't like what the band was playing. Same with like the Cupid Shuffle, the frickin Cupid Shuffle. I mean, sometimes it's fine and I, I don't I'm not, you know, too cool But I do feel like, you know, three hops this time. I just I don't need it in my life. And when people like run to the dance floor to have their moment, like funk soul brother, she's all that impromptu synchronized flash mob at the Louvre. Hashtag where's Gabe? I'm like, okay, I'm happy for you. They're literally instructing you to slide to the left and. Therefore, you do. And therefore, you feel like you're dancing and I'm proud of you. But like where I really, really, really draw the line is the YMCA, like the pure joy and ecstasy and self-satisfaction that comes over people when they stick their hands up in a V, followed by an M, which looks similar to the elementary school song, a pizza hut, a pizza hut, Kentucky Fried Chicken and a pizza hut, McDonald's, McDonald's, I need you the M over your head. Then you lean over to a C, a good half moon, get in a good lat stretch. And then finally a triangular A and you come down and all you do is wait for the chorus because you want to do your dance again. And meanwhile, I'm just like, why are we singing? You can get yourself clean. You can have a good meal. Like the, the, the YMCA is not that great. Like it's not Equinox. I I just don't get why it's the dumbest song. <laughs> and I I don't get why, like, as a society, we rejected the Macarena uh, yeah, I know Los Del Rio isn't necessarily like the village people, but still, I, I, why are we still doing these letters over our head all these years later? Why at every Cubs game does every drunk dude in the audience get up and just proudly flail their limbs like it's a Pentecostal church service? And then uh, I, I just I don't know, guys, I don't it's not that I am pretentious about wedding music. Well, a couple things. A, I think the wedding music needs to be better. B, I think that people need to be less pretentious about bands and just have a DJ because DJs are fun. And C, did I, was I doing an ABC or a 123? Uh, C, also ABC 123. That song is G2G. Just because the Jackson 5 song, it doesn't mean, you know, the Jackson 1 doesn't overarch that we need to throw out the rest of the floor with the bathwater. Like, no, Michael Jackson. Every wedding I've been to recently, Has been, I I don't know, it has been like a a who's who of, did you read the news? R. Kelly, Michael Jackson. I'm like, what are we doing? It's very uncomfortable. So, yeah, it's going to be a no from me, dog. A real uh, YMC nay, if you will. And also, I just think more top 40 needs to be played at weddings and less disco. Or, I don't know, like early 2000s. Give me some Tayo Cruz. You're honestly going to have the biggest celebration of your life and not play dynamite like what is wrong with you (laughs) anyway um this is specific to no wedding i've been to recently but i just mean i don't hear dynamite nearly enough and it's a fantastic song or like where's akon like a a lot less chit chat and a lot more smack that as far as i'm concerned i i just think that there's a, a, a real missed opportunity i mean uptown funk does always play which is a great song and Mark Ronson hasn't really had a hit like that since then. And I am a fan of his and he did seem charming um, in Lady Gaga's uh, documentary. But anyway, that's beside the point. All right. Back to business. Um, This is the Be There and Vive podcast, a podcast in which I tend to ramble about pop culture and see what tangents I can go off and, you know, just try to figure out the things that are buried inside my brain, like apparently my undying love for Tayo Cruz's dynamite and my perpetual hatred for the YMCA. I'm so happy you're here. Here at the Be There in 5 podcast, we talk a lot about pop culture, celeb gossip, and the like. I like to call it meaningful discussion about meaningless topics. When I say meaningless or unimportant, you know, of course I mean that relative to like, you know, saving the children or the turtles or whatever things need saving. Sure, these things are unimportant, but I stand firmly that the Only naive people are the ones who choose to ignore the influence of celebrities, of social media stars, of these pop culture stories that sweep the nation. And no matter how fleeting they are, no matter how superficial they are, they influence the modern zeitgeist. And I love to pick them apart in a way that hopefully is slightly intellectual, analytical. I have a background in media and marketing analytics before I quit my job to run Be There in Five which if you're not up to speed is an accidental doormat business I created by inventing something called the remind doormat, which is a doormat that sees you on your way out instead of on your way in like a welcome mat. And I started doing that because I thought I was going to burn my apartment down. So I painted, turn off your curling iron on my doormat. And then that kind of took off from there. And as I was thrust into the world of small business ownership and was working by myself, I started talking about the only thing I know well from the depths of my heart and soul on Instagram, which is popular culture. And this podcast is ultimately an extension of that because apparently people like talking about kim k and taylor swift and the like more so than you know hearing me talk about doormats all the live long day which to be fair i was boring myself and i'm glad to have found this niche. and i'm grateful for all of you that are here and i so so love and appreciate your willingness to hear me ramble about things week after week lately there's been so many exciting deep dives that i haven't really done like an overarching generic episode about different pop culture things first it was the Jaclyn hill lipstick fiasco which she went dark and i'm pretty sure deleted her social media and i'm a little concerned for her but also like why 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 did that like no one like why i'm still upset about the, i don't know it just seems preventable and like if wet and wild can do it so can you but yours were 20 dollars, and wet and wilds are 2.99 like well with extra bucks it's not entirely true but usually they're just trying to get stuff off the shelves so fast. It's like your entire next purchase will be free if you'll just, for the love of God, buy some Wet n Wild cosmetics. And I'm like, oh, well, I was going to anyway. So Physicians Formula does that too. Or I'm like, are you you're, you doing okay, Physicians Formula? I know you're trying to sound all you know scientific. Your branding's like an Erlenmeyer flask. Um, and I do love your butter bronzer, but like why do why is every CVS like spend $15 on physician's formula and you know get a free bag of cat food or something it's like there's always some weird promo but that's neither here nor there so it started with Jacqueline Hill and then we had the influencer proposal Marissa Casey Pukes the episode how many fukes do i give where is gab and i you know i uh, she got she went missing oh my god i i f- I don't want to perpetuate these people thinking they can't emerge on social media. And I tried to speak about both as favorably as I could in each scenario. With Marissa Casey Fuchs, I do have a listener with some boots on the ground that said she knows people that were family members. Sorry, friends of family that were in France for the flash mob and the proposal and whatnot at the Louvre. She said that they said. The plans kept changing so much and we're getting pushed back and moved, pushed back and moved around and locations were being moved. And it just became so much that they, her friends left. They like went to another place. They were like, we don't know what we're supposed to be doing here and we're not going to wait around. And they just kind of bailed. And I thought that was extremely interesting because I'm like, huh? I mean, it always said that Friday, you know, on the pitch deck, it was going to be Friday. But yeah, they went to a castle 45 minutes away. Who the heck knows? But I'm glad to have confirmation that until very close leading up to the event, a flash mob was scheduled. And I do think those people should get together and at least make an IGTV video showing us what could have been because we were largely left out of that proposal. And I'm still mad about it. And also people are still saying Marissa Casey Fuchs, Mrs. Gabe is still um, like she hasn't been in the goop offices. I have another boot on the ground. It's like she still hasn't been into work and that they don't know if this proposal thing compromised her professionally and it's like i hope not but also oh also my source says she thought she was i mean like she did know and maybe not all the details or the timing but she did know and i think she was expecting to get like a million followers out of this like like it would pay off in spades and she got what like 60 some i haven't checked recently she didn't break 200 last i checked and i think she frankly thinks she deserves it it was it was entertaining and just because it's on Instagram and just because it's different doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. What was wrong was pretending like you didn't know what was happening and involving so many brands and tags and people and trying to commoditize your romance. That's what we didn't like. I think anybody's on board for a surprise proposal gone on tape. What, what, that, what That's so lovely. But anyway, I, I'm interested to see what happens with that. And then we had Taylor Swift's Deep Dive, which... I'm so appreciative. So many of you wanted to listen to my breakdown of that for two and a half hours. Um, You know, I still feel like nothing has really changed or come of it that would make me feel any differently about the situation. And there's really no news other than Scooter hasn't said anything. His tweets were largely positive over the 4th of July. Some could read into them as being like annoyingly, like smugly, happy in the wake of the many Swifties giving you their two cents, which, again, I think this is more about Scott than Scooter. But there's just no way there wasn't a ton of buyers for that catalog and that he wasn't deliberately picked. And I stand by that. But, yeah, this week, no specific deep dive. But a few topics that I want to talk about before we get to Heather McDonald, who I recorded recorded with um, a couple weeks ago when I was out in L.A. Well, first of all, I mean, how cool is she? That was she like her podcast juicy scoop is so big. It's so big and beyond mine. And I'm always just so impressed and appreciative when people opt to be supportive, no matter your size and aren't competitive. And I don't know, I'm just learning the further I get in the biz, just a lot of people are way too cool for you. And uh, I had sent her my book a while back and she posted about it, which is so nice. And I was like, so worried that It would be a waste of her time because she was going on vacation the next day and all these things. And uh, so I made her and her I made a Barbie of her and her husband, Peter, because I've listened to Juicy Scoop since the beginning. It was one of the first podcasts I ever got into, especially when I was in the thick of like being by myself and um, working by myself. I mean, a few years ago and was like, oh, my God, I can have people talking to me all day. This is so great. And I remember her telling a story about how her husband ordered, like, got fired because he ordered a seafood platter, which can run you, like, several hundred dollars at a nice steakhouse. And it's just a really funny story. So I found miniature food. Peter had a uh, golf clothes on and was holding a seafood tower. And then Heather, I did a little, you know, screen print on a teeny shirt that says Juicy Scoop and then I printed I'm a delight on a white pair of pants and uh, Barbie pants and got her a miniature Chinese chicken salad and a miniature glass of Chardonnay. And to say I had a great time um playing with Barbies again would be an understatement to say I was shocked at how inexpensive they were would be an understatement. I just remember like one Barbie was all my allowance. I just felt like toys were so expensive. I just cherished the ones I had so much. And like I mean, Barbie's like $10. I mean, it can run you up to like $24.99 depending on the accessories and how like complicated the industry is. And now Barbie's like all are, you know, in STEM vocations that like come with full on heavy machinery. It's like, I really support that you operate a crane, Barbie. I just don't need the crane or like engineer Barbie. I don't really need your survey equipment. But as I've talked about so many times, Teen Talk Barbie was my favorite i only had the ones that were did not have jobs or had jobs that weren't real i think i had bath time barbie glitter hair barbie maybe like a b- birthday barbie or something like i mean truly they were just holidays generic things one has to do around the house like brush their hair or bathe or uh i one that like like bedtime barbie <laughs> you would you, you you'd put like a washcloth on her eyes and they looked like they were she was asleep am i remembering that correctly i you know you are who you are you never change i like so to go to a store and like goldilocks a <laughs> barbie that's jobless is just so on brand for me like astronaut too ambitious doctor too much blood sleeping just right like i I don't know whatever um i i love 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 90s toys that skew you know i don't want to say that they skew too girly or i don't want to call them sexist even though a lot of them probably are but as i've explained on the podcast before i can't live in a world where i didn't i wouldn't have gotten to play pretty pretty princess or girl talk or mall madness i i you know yeah it should all of our games centered around you know meeting boys shopping till we drop and spending that plastic or becoming a royal you know maybe not I I guess now that I'm saying that it, <laughs> whereas boys are like playing Risk and like Stratego um, but I loved every minute of it and I crushed it at Pretty Pretty Princess and I always got the ground and I thought it was so satisfying to put on the plastic bead bracelet with that little plastic, like, kind of squishy enclosure thing. And one of my favorite aspects of childhood is thinking about the the concept of how serious the game of tr- Truth or Dare felt, which was one of the cards you could pull, I think, in Girl Talk. And, uh, you know, it's not legally binding. I, I don't know why. I, I, I would sweat when we would play Truth or Dare. It's kind of similar to how I feel about, like, um, what's the game you play during Kings or whatever, uh never have i ever it's like guys you don't have to raise your hand people are like god now the whole room knows i had a threesome it's like well no we didn't you kind of just kept it to yourself omission is perfectly acceptable in those games and all of the rules are entirely unenforceable (laughs) um but i remember truth or dare seeming like so intense and i wish i just you know well a always pick truth always always especially if you're shy because the dares were always like so outrageous and had to do with like bathroom humor or something scary or something that incorporated physical comedy, of which I don't really have that skill set. The other part of uh, <laughs> of girl talk that was so funny was I don't know why, but if you did something, you would have to use like zit stickers. Like they put a zit on your face. Like don't blame KKW K- K- cos- Cosmetics for making us feel insecure about our skin. Take down Girl Talk. Uh, Jamila Jamil, if you're out there, I I will join you. Let's take down Milton Bradley brick by brick because they are the real culprits here, not KKW. And can I just say, I think that body makeup's a genius idea. And uh, I don't want to say, I get nervous talking about stuff like this. I, I think there are times I love Jamila and I am all for not perpetuating impossible standards of beauty. I am all for not promoting fit tees and weight loss garbage. And I I, I hate all of that stuff. And I do think it's problematic. But when it comes to some things like cosmetics, for example, you know, yeah, it's to make our baseline looks a little bit better and it enhances your features. And I am so fearful that it's going to become taboo to wear makeup when i love makeup and beauty so so much and it's not that i'm too insecure to show my bare face it's just like why would i when i can make it look better you know what i mean it's like who okay I, it, there, there comes a point where i feel like everybody's projecting their security on me not their insecurity their security like i'm really happy for you that you think you look great bare but you don't have blonde eyelashes and therefore disappear in photos you know it's like uh, we don't it's kind of like what i was saying about the beach let me live my life in a beach short, you know, be you, be beautiful, embrace your body, love your curves, whatever. But also like some people just like to wear shorts. Some people just like to wear a cover up. There's two things. One in the event, somebody already is insecure. Instead of push down their throats that they need to be secure and try to make like words help them, which they're not. It's a lot of interior work that you have to do over several years uh, to feel more confident to feel better about yourself there's there's no formula for feeling better about yourself but if you are feeling insecure and there is something you want to cover up that's bad enough why do you have to make them feel ashamed for wanting to do whatever makes them feel more beautiful and secondly if people that are anti this body makeup thing clearly (laughs) i I don't think have skin issues i i I've told you guys before, the reason I I think I'm decent at makeup and I love makeup so much is because I had the worst like chin and jaw acne for the longest time that I was so self-conscious about. Like I would cry before I went out and I know that's stupid. And I made fun of Kendall Jenner for her big emotional announcement being acne related and her promoting proactive, which I guess technically I am now too, by talking about it. And that's the whole point, but it is, you know, embarrassing and it's not enjoyable to look at. And makeup changed everything for me in terms of feeling confident. And like, that's okay. I didn't have to go out and show the world my acne, you know, bare face, just because, you know, I should be strong enough to be secure with myself. Like, no, give me a break. And as it relates to body, um, my like body skin is probably worse than my face. Just I have terrible keratosis, Polaris. It's when you probably... If you don't know the formal term, it's like chicken skin. It's like red, bumpy arms. I have it all over my arms and my legs. It drives me insane. The most effective thing, by the way, if you have it, is something called scrubby. It's a um, body butter and with a natural exfoliant. It's from Lush. And it's I don't know, the only thing that's really ever helped me with that. It doesn't go away fully because basically it's an overproduction of keratin in your hair follicles. And I don't know, I guess I just have to deal with it. But um, anyway, topic for a different day. I would love, love, love it if I could wear formal outfits or for special occasions or photos or whatever, cover it up because I am self-conscious about it. And you know why I don't have to embrace it? Because it's not a part of me. It's a condition I have. And that is what I think the point that's being missed here. Like if you have eczema, if you have scars, these are things that happen to you or conditions that, you know, you can't help, but it doesn't mean you have to embrace them as a part of you fundamentally. And it's okay to separate them from the equation and be like, I want to be me without this condition. I want to be me without this scar. And like, that's empowering too. So I just am so not here for the takedown of KKW Body Foundation. I think it's brilliant. I think it's so on brand and I'm trying to get in touch with Kim somehow because I want to name her new solution wear slash shapewear line. I have a knack for naming things and she's not using kimono anymore, but alas, she doesn't respond to my DM. So I don't know what to do. But anyway, guys, this is just a fun, lighthearted episode, a conversation between Heather and I about TV, life, business, comedy, all sorts of stuff. And it was so much fun to get to sit down and talk to her. Be sure to listen to her podcast, Juicy Scoop. Be sure to subscribe to my Patreon. I'm hoping today or tomorrow to record a deep dive into what I've seen, of blind, blind items and on John Doe's Twitter and whatnot about the Jeffrey Epstein arrest the alleged organized crime ring of the sex trafficking of minors the involvement of that late the French woman last name Maxwell um well her first name is French and I can never figure out how to say it but she is apparently like his madam and she is connected with so many people she's in recent photos with Elon Musk and Naomi Campbell and the Clintons and Prince Andrew and there's just a lot of people that are loosely connected to this scandal that are on flight logs. And it he Jeffrey Epstein was arrested for this before and did like a tiny bit of time. But the case was sealed and was recently opened. And I just think this is a house of cards that is going to fall any day now. But who knows? We said the same thing about Weinstein and, you know, very there. there really weren't that many executives that were pulled in, you know, following that, even though people are called out for their behavior behavior more often. But actually, I think one of the um, people I was reading about is Rupert Murdoch and an executive at um, CBS and the the being involved with Jeffrey Epstein and his alleged madam. So um, yeah, anyways, I I can't have a podcast that's just full of deep dives and the people that pay for this podcast and support it when I don't have advertisers like this week are the only way it keeps going. So I want to reward them with the special content. And yeah, I hope you enjoy The podcast, I'll talk to you toward the end. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm so excited today to be in sunny Calabasas, home of the Kardashians, their their huge plastic salad bowls, and far more importantly, Heather McDonald. Hello. Host of Juicy Scoop, the insanely popular podcast, Comedian. You have a Netflix special. You have two books.
1: I mean, you have a very- I'm doing another special, by the way. Are you really? um, That I'm actually producing. We're producing it ourselves because uh, the interest was not there. So I was like, I'm not going to wait around for what some executive thinks. And uh, fortunately, um, the fans and the listeners have been so supportive that I can- we, my husband and I can um, do it ourselves. so we are actually recording it in Irvine. if everyone's anyone's listening to this. Irvine on August 17th, there'll be two tapings of it. That's amazing And I'm really excited because I'm like I, the last one was I taped almost four or five years ago. So you know, obviously it's a different material, but it's material that I really love and I don't I don't want to retire it in my act officially. Like until it's like, you know, right out there for people to enjoy. So hopefully we're doing it in such a way that hopefully a a big streaming network will want it. If not, my people will see it regardless. So yeah. yeah. And you've got the audience through this. I mean, I've actually learned a lot
0: from you kind of listening to how you kind of took control of the ownership of your audience, right? Like you built your own media property so that if the show goes away, the audience doesn't go away. Like they're
1: following you now, not your shows. Yeah. Which was so amazing was when I was trying to leave podcast one and it was a big issue for a while and now it's not and everything is fine. I got my stuff. But at one point there was question if I could even go do Juicy Scoop someplace else. And I was like, oh my God, I've done it there for a year. And I'd already established a good audience. And I'm like, I just want my name. I just want Juicy Scoop. And it reminded me of one of my favorite movies, which is the story of Tina Turner and she's an abused wife and she's leaving her husband and in the, in, he has ownership to all of the music and everything. And she literally has no money, but she had taken the name Tina Turner because his last name was Turner, nice. I Turner. And she goes, I just want my name. I just want my name. And I, go, I feel 100%. like that's all. I just want my name. Like Truly. I just want to keep what I established. Um, because that's hard to do. I didn't want to change it to Heather's Hollywood or something, you right. know? So, um, oh, it's a perfect so I name. <laughs> was, and it's something that I've always been in my, you know, verac- vernacular, like I say it a lot. I've said it throughout my life. And so actually when I first met with the first people about my podcast, they're like, is there something that you say or a saying? And I'm like, juicy scoop. Yeah. And then I actually, after I was doing it, I talked to Maria Menudo's husband, who is you know, they're very media savvy. I he's did a, watch a reality show Kevin. Yeah, he's a great <laughs> businessman. And he was like, he said, I think it should be called something like Heather's Hollywood. It should should have Hollywood so that when people look that up. And I was like, oh, shit, you know, maybe I did make a mistake because right after I started, I had Heather DeBro as a guest and then she did Heather DeBro's world. And I was like, oh, is this a mistake that I didn't use Heather in the title? But everything all works out, you it know, does. and I kind of wanted Juicy Scoop to be like the tonight show, like Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. I'm like, maybe it gets to a place where it's like Juicy Scoop with Brandon Nobias, who's my son, like <laughs> years from now, like, or somebody else, or like <laughs> I, I, I kind of thought of it like that, like if it right. ever got to a place where it could be in other countries or I don't yeah, know. Right. You know, so it's a brand. So now I'm glad that I that I, you know, followed Bethany Frankel, um, <laughs> who invented the word brand. And I really try to keep things on brand and I really try to, you know, pound at home as much as I can for what it is. Yeah. I mean, I think
0: it's interesting. Well, it's funny too. Like you're always trying to get more Heathers in the world, but yeah. you know, you were already, you were heathered out by Heather Dubrow, ironically. So you actually probably don't. Right. But yeah, juicy scoop. It's like one of those terms you, I don't, it's like, I wasn't hearing it. It's almost like the nineties tabloidy yes. term that you just didn't, I, I never hear like I don't know. It's like, until you started saying it again, I'm like, yeah, it is juicy. Like I wasn't yeah. really thinking
1: about it like that. My favorite is when people come up to me and they're like, oh my God, we work on a construction site with all these men. And now they're being like, Hey, I got some juicy scoop for you yeah. because they've been
0: saying that and it's coming in. I'm like, I love it, love it. Love it. Love it. And I think some people identify too. like the, if you're on like an actual show or network, there's a level of editorializing you can't do. You have right. to be like pretty neutral, but people want the scoop. Right. And people want the, you know, whether, however accurate it is, they want your opinion. Yeah. And I think what's cool about you is you are a famous person who's not too cool to care about famous people. And I think that's incredibly like, it's, it's endearing, but also it's fascinating to me because like when I meet people that I talk about, I'm always like, can I still talk about them? You
1: know what I mean? Cause you're like in the yeah. world, but
0: also outside of it looking in for a juicy scoop.
1: I mean, I just kind of, because I listen, you know, sometimes I will get Um, listeners that were like, you were too soft on, or why didn't you ask this question about this person? And I'm like, first of all, sometimes before the interview starts, someone says, you can't ask me about that. Legally, you can't ask me about that. So guess what? I'm not going to ask about that. Of course not. Second of all, it's like having dinner or lunch with someone. Like I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not out to like ask something embarrassing and have them cry or like ruin their life. So I'm going to try to get the most juice I can, but I'm going to make it a pleasant experience. And yeah. I don't, I don't interview people I'm not intrigued with and I don't like, right. You know, I may make fun of them and I make fun of them in a way of like, I'm completely entertained by you I've been watching you for 10 years on, on housewives. And I'm making fun of you by having, doing your voice, being a Barbie right. and like, you know, trying to come up with other things that you might say. Cause I know your point of view right. so well, like I'm not. So for me, Yeah, I'm excited to meet this person, and I will still talk about it, and I will still say I don't agree with, you know, or I'm teamless for And I always say, look, I'm watching the show like everybody else, like the Housewives shows, you know? I'm entertained by all of them. I never never will say I want this person gone Mm -hmm. or fired, and I think it's really damaging when they say that about each other. Mm. And when I've counseled Housewives, I've been like, don't say that. That's that's fucked. Like, yeah, you're taking a million dollars from someone every year. Like, yeah, let it let it be the decision. But when you you, sometimes when you've seen Housewives on social media or outside kind of actively campaign Mm -hmm. for to have someone not come back, I just think that's. Kind of a mistake yeah. But organically They do have to have Friendships and get along For this thing to happen Right it's just a very Interesting thing to watch And I, I'm thoroughly entertained Even even when seasons People say that it's, They're bored by it If I like the, If I'm intrigued by The characters on it Which yeah. for me That's Beverly Hills And New York Are my two favorites And then New Jersey Is like more fun Yeah But like I'm really like Intrigued by the lives Of those women Then It really doesn't matter What's going on In the show that much You right. know Right well,
0: yeah. And you, you often talk about how, you know, good you would be at being a housewives consultant, like yeah. how to ensure a successful career trajectory as a housewife. And one of your main principles, which is so, so accurate is never get in a season culminating fight in a costume. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Cause when, when, when that, uh, like the, my personal nightmare murder mystery party happened and Bethany was wearing like a flapper feather yeah. <laughs> and, and like fringe. And she's just like, it, it it played every day for six months yes. as a preview. And I'm like, you look insane. <laughs> At least when she went ham last week, she was
1: wearing a normal outfit. was
0: wearing a very good outfit last yeah. week to freak. That was scary. And I actually had to mute my TV. I had to like take a minute, absorb what was happening and then replay it. What because- is your
1: opinion of it? Like, what do you think's going on there?
0: She's, I just think she's snapped. I think that Bethany has been like so good this season in terms of she's been so good and level-headed, like uncharacteristically so. She seems like weirdly happier. I think something's lighter about her, which is weird considering the Dennis thing. But I, I don't know. Maybe well, she I put it into per- perspective someone else. I, I mean, think that, she's
1: very happy with that boyfriend. Well, look, you know, I, I also think saying like you never asked me about Dennis when she says to Luann maybe I don't want to ask you about Dennis because you're boning someone else right now. Right. Maybe if I asked you about Dennis, she would have interpreted it as like, really? So now you're making me feel guilty that I can have love again? Why are you asking me about Dennis? Why (laughs) are you asking me about Dennis? And maybe, you know, maybe she feels it's not appropriate to ask about Dennis on camera. Right. There's all this stuff of like what they put on camera and what they don't. And, you know, and the lines get blurred when they drink and, you know, and they're trying to protect each other, you know, but it's just, and all, you got to think about Bethany, she's 48 years old. I mean, a third of her life now almost right. has been on reality TV. Yeah. Eventually it might be that more of her life has been on. It's right. almost like when you've been married a long time and you get to that threshold of like, oh my God, I've been married longer than I wasn't before. Right. Because I compartmentalized my life just like, BC, like before Christ, it's like before Peter, like this whole life before (laughs) Peter and now 19 years later, like, and eventually it's going to even out where that's going to exceed my pre-life. And it's like, so I think that she's just so, um, who even knows what she, if she, if she's even calculating anymore, I think it's just like so second nature that everything has to be on camera, whether her dog is having a seizure or. Dennis is dying and she has to meet a grief counselor. I was just going to be You know, that. of course she, she does that on, before she goes to, on a date to Boston. Yeah, she's like, like, let's talk about how it's a totally appropriate that I'm moving on. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's get, per- I want the world to get permission. Right. And, I mean, look, I, I think people love her for, for her charity, for her entrepreneurial life, for, you know, she's there when she does give good advice to the girlfriends and stuff. But I'm just, as a, as, a, as a human that you watch and study, I'm just truly fascinated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on, on my I have a private Facebook group called Juicy Scoop Obsessions. Oh, I woke in up it. in the middle of the night, <laughs> probably because I had too much of this rum, which I love. <laughs> but sometimes if I do, I wake up at like three o'clock, start reading, and somebody said, I think they were in Australia, because I honestly don't know where we can watch this. And if you can, please spread the word and let people know. They were watching you know, Bethany Ever After, Bethany Getting Married. And those actually, I don't know where I was in my life, but I didn't tackle it on. Like I'm just one of those people that yeah. either I start a series and I commit yeah, most likely, or I just don't even begin. I don't even right. start the meal. I just skip yeah. it all together. And I wasn't watching that Bethany's 40, Bethany Everly After, any of that I yeah. didn't watch. And so now just like they said, like people are like, like, how did Jason turn into so awful? And people were discussing, you know, what they remember, what scenes and how yeah. then he became controlling and how everything seemed to change when her success happened. And she did encourage him to join the business, but mm-hmm. then he couldn't handle it. And I I am completely on Bethany's side in her divorce and custody battle and I intrigued by it. On the other hand who the fuck is ever going to marry Jason Hoppy? Like who yeah. has ever, do you imagine if your girlfriend was dating Jason Hoppy, you'd be like any place he goes, there right. is a, any restaurant. There's at least, you know, a third of the people who right. are female between the ages of 24 and 55 that are like, we hate you. Right. You are awful. Right. And I think he psychologically is mad at himself forever going down this road of exposing his life and right. reality TV and, um. So it's just it's very intriguing, and I'd love to watch it now, and, like watch it back with her old right. jaw and you
0: know. her, oh, <laughs> a pre, uh, Botox in the jaw because the TMJ
1: nothing. Th- her work, her face is the most dramatic change in the greatest way. Like so like right, Vicky's yeah. gotten the most work done. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like a different looking head. Yeah, her head like just got so much better. Like I think like her Bethany just is just like she has a big wide like jaw. And yeah. like and to think that, oh my God, it was because she was doing TMJ or whatever, or what do you call it? Where you're bite you're grinding yeah. your teeth and it built up muscle there. And then she got shots in there and it went down. And it's like she has an amazing body. And I just think like I just the, imp- the facial improvement is just beyond. Oh. Like I think she's so attractive now.
0: I think her and Kyle Richards are oh, two that have just gotten agreed.
1: so hot. Like with age. I and am scared, though, because Kyle started the trend of bigger, bigger, better teeth. Chompers. As, as Bethany would say, bitter beggar deal. <laughs> bigger, better chompers. And for someone like Kyle, she had the perfect face for it. Right. Her teeth were a little too small for her face. It widened her smile. Like, youth gave her a beautiful, right. youthful look. A Ramona, I think, improved. But oh, people that yeah. already had big teeth, that already had big veneers, and then are going around for round two at 60, huge mistake.
0: It, they, veneers really fundamentally change
1: your face, the way you talk. They're so yes. obvious.
0: And I find that they like- They can be the greatest
1: thing or the worst. Just yeah. all plastic surgery can be the greatest or the worst. You just yes. have to be very careful with it.
0: And I think what's so interesting too, whenever I see somebody like famous in person, I'm like, things like veneers and like a ton of makeup and whatever, it looks great on camera. Veneers in person are so aggressive. They're so white and they're so like Ken doll, like she,
1: like, well, that's if you go there. I mean, like, yeah, there's other doctors. that will be like, don't go this white. Don't yeah. go this big. Don't, right. don't do eight across only do like four, six. Like, yeah, it's whatever, but it's like everybody wanting to look like everybody looks alike. I don't even know how people's like ID facial recognition on their phones are going right. to work anymore because when I went to this Coachella party, I thought I saw the same person. Like forty five times, it was all the same girl with the overly highlighted cheeks, the lips, the, the you full know, Jafar. just yeah, just you know, like contour. You talk about that nose highlight. Yeah, I
0: was putting highlighter on. I was like, I gotta bump the brakes. I know no, Heather doesn't like a Rudolph.
1: I I've been doing the line across <laughs> my nose, but it, it the Rudolph. It's I really think it's only like on TV that you really see the Rudolph, like on Rudolph. Like, yes. There's probably a light that comes right down at the tip of your nose, and then with that highlighter, it's just like. I mean... What about Watch What Happens Live makes people look the worst they've ever looked? Sometimes it's too aggressive, the glam. Sometimes it's too much. It's way too much. But I thought Lisa Renna last night, now she's got a whole new hairdo, which is like a wig topper. But I mean, the lips are, have never been bigger. And I like it. Like, I can't stop looking at her face. Well, right. She
0: wouldn't be herself without those lips. Yeah. Did you see Delilah Bell's post where she was like, <laughs> um, she was like, uh, you know... It was like hashtag no makeup, hashtag raw beauty. Like just wanted to show you guys my natural face. And meanwhile, she has like the hugest lip injection. She has yes. on a full bold red lip and a little bit of eyeshadow. And people are like, this isn't like you're not bare face. Shut up. And she's like, no, I'm completely bare face besides my lipstick, my eyeshadow and my little bit of mascara. We're like, yeah, that's not like so she ended up having to take the post down. She said she was getting bullied. But I'm just so tired of like the curated vulnerability of like, oh, yes, like like, I'm just like you. And she looks she looks 40 and she's 19. And it like it was fascinating to watch the comments unfold, her defend herself and then ultimately just have to take down the photo. I'm like, what was she even thinking? She's going to get torched for, you know. Well,
1: I mean, I don't get all the steps of the contouring. So that's what she's probably talking about, because she's probably getting her makeup done for the last four years. And there's 25 different steps for contouring. Right, so she thought, oh, I didn't contour 25 right. different steps. So therefore, I'm a fresh face. Right.
0: <laughs> the other thing, too, that I love about Juicy Scoop is I feel like you've kind of developed your own, like, lexicon in terms of, like, you know, the toddler jump or hooker or light or, you know, you talk a lot about, like, doing your good Christian service. And yeah, like, I hear Christian myself service, talk yeah. and I'm, like, saying... Because podcasts are so intimate. Like, they're in your ear. Like, it's like you are yes. re- you really absorb the information. And it's kind of funny because I
1: hear people, like, talk like you. Oh, well, that's Cause good. Because I, I mean, a my reference makes... group
0: of pop yeah, culture-obsessed people. I, yeah, I,
1: I love... I mean, it's fun. It's fun to get... It's fun that something that I've always been into, like, um, I mean, I don't mean to brag, but I've had a... My dad used to get a, a subscription to People Magazine. Yeah. And he would send it to me on Saturday that I... <laughs> I I loved it. And that was when it was like, that was the only one that kind of had like juicy frivolous stories or like a a star's expose. And I always remember reading it and going, why do they always have to say their age? They always said their age. And and to this day, I think I have like a little bit of like a a talent for knowing how old people are, because I remember like reading that they were 24 in 1987. Uh Like I had that Mary Lou Henner, like (laughs) ability to like go, Oh, he's 69. And they're like, how did you know that? And, um, but so I think like I've always like liked that that type of thing. I also like loved watching Oprah and I always thought oh I'd love to be like a producer on Oprah like and I always loved the juicier stuff. Like I didn't really care about like I'm getting everybody hugs. Like I didn't <laughs> care about that stuff. And I didn't care about her gushing over Tom Selleck like or or you know Tom Cruise Countdowns. or something. Yes. I never that I liked when it was like she was the first one that had a hoarder on. We never had hoarder hoarding, like things like that. Yes. You know, those were the kind of stories that I like literally was riding my bike home. To, like, you know, because we couldn't DVR it. And I'm like, oh my God, today's the juiciest Oprah. I'm probably going to miss the, you know, the first, right. you know, the first yeah. 10 minutes. And I just have to get to it because it's about an alcoholic mom that like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so that part of my show is what I love too, along with all the fun and everything. It's like delving in deeper of like what makes something juicy and intriguing. Right. And being able to talk about that too.
0: You know what juicy um, world I think you would love is Mormon mommy bloggers. Oh, there, there are so many fascinating juicy stories there. I mean, it's like weird. Cause I feel weird saying juicy. Cause like when somebody dies, especially it's like yeah. awful, but the story behind it's so crazy. Right. You can't help but be like, but one of them, um, she, like, posted on her blog that, like, he had cheated on her with a best friend and, like, took it down really quickly. But people had screenshots. And then a month later, he went missing for, like, a week or two. They ultimately, like, found him in the river. Do you remember this? Was he dead? Was he cheating he was, with a man or a he woman? Was dead. And, like, n- no one knows. Like, we never found out. Like, it's so much more elaborate than that. And are all these people in
1: Utah or all over? The two I'm thinking of are in Utah. And, well, one. What I actually, performed in Utah you know they have like the highest um like opioid, one of right. yeah, they, because I think because they can't drink, they get married so young, they you know sexually they're suppressed, and they get into these prescription drugs, there's signs everywhere for like rehab and what to do, and it, yeah, it's really sad because in in some ways in the Mormon religion, I'm always like fascinated because um. The Mormons that we knew, I remember my mom being like, they're a Mormon, you know, they have so much money. They're Mormon. Um, Marriott is Mormon, you know. And I was like, what? And I, I really think that oftentimes Mormon people are so successful, like a Mitt Romney that look, and also looks 20 years younger right. than he should be, is because they have to go on those missions and be rejected mm-hmm. for two years. It's like the ultimate sales training. <laughs> and then you're not having not like any 18, alcohol yeah. and you're not having coffee. and You're not even really... Having sweets, that's like a total treat. Right. Like I just remember when they raided the um LDS or whatever the whatever FDL whatever the Jeff yeah. Jeff Jeff um the guy that was the leader of it. Yes. Yeah. And they had to like take everybody in and, you know, and they were like, oh my God, like the people watching them were like, these kids are so well behaved. All they want is like whole fruit and vegetables. <laughs> like they're like raised in like a really kind oh, of, so right. like for someone that like, you know, gave the kids chicken nuggets and let them watch right. TV. I'm like, oh wow. You know, that's, I'm impressed with that kind of mothering. Right. And so, um, so, you know, I, and, and, and being Catholic too, like I, I always want to, I don't really want to criticize anything because i know it can be such a great upbringing
0: in so many ways
1: it's not Um, critical
0: i mean it's glowing really it's like who could i be if not for caffeine and alcohol like yes what would i have done with my life maybe like because yeah one of them is like 26 lives on this huge lot in utah mountains multi-multi-millionaire just from blogging built a separate room in her house just for package receiving because she gets so much free stuff and her butler's pantry is like the size of my apartment it's like but it's this needless display of wealth that they don't get it's they don't know that everybody doesn't live that way like um in ladies of London there was that Caroline Fleming and she was like I didn't know everybody didn't grow up in a castle and <laughs> and I just remember being like yeah that's kind of how I think they feel because it's very insular
1: it's like the classic of when a kid walks on I think it was like I want to say it was Frank Stallone or not Frank um Wait, what's the main Stallone guy? Sylvester. 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 Frank was a weird brother. Sylvester Stallone and his kids, they had a story where like they, then when the kids were older, they had to go commercial. Yeah. And the kids get on the plane. I think it's him. It might've been someone else. And they go, why are all these people on our plane? They had only flown private. I mean, the Kardashian <laughs> kids on our- have only flown private. I mean, and, right. and, and, you know, I don't begrudge them for that. The, too. You, they don't want to, you know, just cause it's like, Look, I, if I can afford the Four Seasons, I'm going right. to the Four Seasons with my kids. I'm not going to go to Hotel Motel 6 right. just so that my kid can experience what I experienced in 1985. Like, why? <laughs> w- I, like, no. I understand that, you know, just like when somebody... And then on the other hand, like, I went to college and I felt I had a really nice life here in the Valley. And I got to USC and people were like, how do you live how do you handle the valley? And I go, what do you mean? Because <laughs> they're all in Newport and stuff. Right. And I go, what do you, it's so hot. I'm like, I go, what do you mean? Like, cause it's 10 degrees hotter. I'm like, we have a pool, we have air conditioning. Yeah, Costco, and like then your- they'd be like, well, where are your other homes? And I'm like, well, we just have the one. Like, I never knew that I wasn't <laughs> yeah. anything but like killing it. I yeah. never like wanted for more. I never looked around and was like, why aren't my parents more successful? But there are kids that are like that that are like from a young age, they're like, oh, I'm going to do so much better than these losers that are raising me. And they, they have like crazy ambition. And in some ways I'm like, I wasn't ambitious enough. Or like women that really seek to like marry well. Mm-hmm. And their mothers train them to do that and everything. My mom was always like, you know, the only, you know, no one can take your education away from you. Always make your own money. You don't need a man. Education, success, like, you know. yeah. I mean, there was that expression, it's just as easy to re- marry a rich man than a poor man, but she wouldn't have cared. Like they right. would have just been, as long as the person's nice, they would have been happy with whatever, if it was, you know, um, you know, so, right. so, but then I was like, why didn't you push me more to like <laughs> seek out rich men? I was just going to ask you, do
0: you think that that is, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know would to I wouldn't find But I would be who one. I am.
1: Well, when I had the opportunity to date rich men, and I did go on some dates. Yeah. I just was like, I just can't. Like, I just can't, like, have someone... I just remember being, like, in a store, and it was, like, a beauty supply store, and I just went to lunch with this guy, and afterwards he goes, let me just get, like, some shampoo, and he gets some money, and he was like, is there anything you want? You know, is there anything you need? Like, you know, and I'm like, you know, any other girl right. would go get a basket and maybe get, like, $180 right. worth yeah. of, like, cosmetics, and that would have really helped out a 26-year-old. sweep just Yeah, like, but I just was like... <laughs> No, like why I'm not gonna have some guy Like buy my shampoo, you know And so I'm like I just think there's certain people That just It's like how you were raised It's like with the scandal of um, The college scandal I'm obsessed with it Because I went to USC I took the test You are raised the way Your parents like raised you Like just the way Families that are raised in welfare Can't get out Because that's what they know And they're told Mm -hmm. that It just becomes what they know And just like you know and then the extreme privileged like the 1% doesn't matter what color you are extreme privilege they're taught like well anything can be bought right anything can be bought literally anything so yeah. why why wouldn't you just buy it right. like why wouldn't you just pay to do that i always joke cuz it's always like people always say like i grew up on the south side of chicago and i'm like what is up with the south side of chicago like i'm not from chicago i assume it's a rough neighborhood okay and that's going to give I, you I some, live in chicago Okay. Well, I assume when you say that, that's going to give you some credibility. Like, how the hell did you even make it out alive? Okay. I live next to a Trader Joe's.
0: It's <laughs> okay. not really South Chicago, but yeah. I,
1: no, that's what people think. So of. Then I'm yeah. all, So I'm always like, you know, what's going to be my like Oscar speech? Like, I, you know, because and and even when people are clearly privileged and they're winning an Oscar, they're trying to give this speech that's like not sad. It's like, look, you know. I I did struggle to get an agent. My parents were not in the business. I did go in debt buying wigs for the Groundlings Theater. I my, you know, Tracy Ellis Ross, whose mom was Diana Ross, walked right in and could get an agent because she could make the call. When if my kids want something, I can make a couple calls. They may not get the agent, but I can I can skip 12 steps that I didn't have to that they won't have to do because I, you know. So I is there was a struggle? Yeah. But like, I mean, I literally joke about like, I was raised South of the Boulevard in you know, Woodland Hills. We saw some coyotes. We saw some bad shit. Right. Like, of course I know I'm, I've had a good life, but it's all. So I, I'll never complain, but it's like, it right. is what it is, you know? Yeah. And, and I am going to there. I used to um, always go, Oh God, it's not so hard to be a female comic. Like in some ways it made me stand out. I mean, in some ways I got a job because they were looking for the female right. up com- or the female writer. But then there'll be things that happen that I'll say, oh, this is why it is harder to be a female comic. And I don't even realize it. Like when my listeners and fans will write things like, I want to go see Heather. Um, So I'm dragging my husband. And I'm like, well, you're the problem. Why are you setting it that you're dragging your husband? If your husband got tickets to Chris Rock, you get a blowout and you'd be thrilled. You wouldn't say (laughs) why we, you would never say, why are we seeing a male comedian? (laughs) You would just be like happy to see. So we're going
0: to like test that on a, on a small group. Like, oh, can you believe there's this male comedian? (laughs) Oh, I don't
1: like male comedians. I don't find them funny. So those are the kind of things that like I, I bring out now. I kind of talk about it out loud. So people go, yeah, you're right. Why am I saying that? Like, why am I saying I have to drag my, like, really? then all the husbands come and they have a great time. And I'm like, this has got to stop because I'm not going to be able to keep going Right in town unless I get the other half of the population. And now I look out and it is like a ton of straight or married men, you know, that are thoroughly enjoying it, loving it. I don't mail brush, you know, but that's where the challenge is because yeah. the girls will go in droves to see Joe Coy and Burke Kreischer. They mm-hmm. will be thrilled. And then I'll introduce my audience and be like, "You, you guys, your husbands will love it. You'll love it. You'll love them both. And I don't really feel like it's a reciprocal thing Right, You know, it's like we can only get the girls and the gays and the husband that was dragged there with promise right. of a blowjob after. I'm like, I don't it's not like we're putting them to like retile a roof like you're going no. to a comedy club.
0: Right. It's funny because people say that to me as if it's like an endearing thing. Like, like I was listening to my your podcast, like out loud on speaker. And my husband was like, what the fuck is this? Like <laughs> or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm like. Like, like, haha you're so unique and funny. People like, you know, my husband does not understand a word you say. And I'm like, I know, I get what you're doing, but also like now my feelings are hurt. <laughs> but you
1: know what's weird? I also feel more validated. This is where I'm guilty of the same shit. When a guy says he thinks I'm funny and loves it. Or when a woman yeah. says my, my husband will listen. He, you know, he does like it. You know, I, I, I'm like, why am I getting an extra boost of ego from like, to see like the man laughing harder, you know, the hardest one in the crowd does make me like feel like, oh, you got, you're you're good girl. Like you actually, this guy doesn't have a vagina and still you got him to laugh. Like, so it's like, we're guilty of it too, you know? And I do think like the, the next younger generation definitely does not see it as like male, female comic. You know, it's like funny, funny, gay, straight, whatever color you are. Yeah. But comedy is something that you, um, you either relate to or you don't. Right. So you can still love someone that's completely different, has a totally different life than you. That's great. But I think the reason for so long we only saw white Jewish males with sitcoms on TV is because the people choosing them were all white Jewish males. Mm-hmm. And so they'd see 10 people performing and they'd be like, Oh my God, the guy that told the bar mitzvah story, God, that was fucking hilarious. Because they had the same bar mitzvah story, you know? And so it's like, oh, that's why we have to have diversity, you know, as TV executives. And I think we have gone really far with that. Now you see a lot of different faces and a lot of different types of people on TV. And I think it's much better entertainment.
0: Oh, yeah. And like what I love about your stand-up special too, the one I've seen, I've been to one of your shows, Uh watching your special, you tell like genuinely funny jokes that aren't grounded in like... Resting on vulgarity, so you'll know you'll get guaranteed laughs because people are shocked. Right, you actually tell jokes and like even like the Catholic uh, communion being a runway. Yeah, is the most accurate thing I've ever heard because I literally you're like, I like pet my hair down and like and I'm not thinking about the Lord. I'm like just like okay. Remember, left, right. Like, you don't want to mess it up. Yeah, he's going to see me? Yeah, get out of it. And that, yeah, or like the sharing a fountain drink with your husband. And that's why you know he'll never get a hooker. Yeah. That's like the most, those types of bits are so relatable and funny and just like,
1: aren't, they're not cheap jokes. Like, Well, and it's like, and those, everyone has their own style, but like all that stuff came from truth. Like, I just remember, you know, going, trying to find the bright side of the fact that, he would be like, no, we're sharing a fountain drink. And I was like, God, if I, if I'm ever like at a a fair and I like don't have money on my own, like I could go thirsty. Like, I, like, let me just always make sure I don't depend on him purchasing me something like, let me just, and, and then, so that was in my head. And then he actually went to like a bachelor party or something. And he said these Russian strippers in Vegas were so on, like a a dollar, a $20, you know, and he was just like, oh no. And I was like, oh my God, He's too cheap. To like pay for strippers and shit. He doesn't see the value in it. It's not going towards an investment or a home. Like it's like, you know, (laughs) and so I was like, oh my God, let me find the bright side. And that's like how those jokes. So it's, you know, I think that's why it's relatable and stuff because it is embedded in truth, you know, and it's not just let me come up with, you know, a bit. But I, I found that too with, um, one thing about female comics and, and my friend runs a a school for for female comics called Pretty Funny Women. Mm-hmm. If anybody's interested, she has an NLA and it's a great community. It's a great way to get started or whatever kind of maybe you want to be a writer. It just helps like like a discipline. Like you go to a right. class, you have to come up with stuff. But um, sometimes I see the girls and they're good. And sometimes I, it's a lot of, you know, I fucked a homeless guy. And you're like, you did not fuck a homeless guy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you
0: no. 100%. Like you didn't, yeah. you know,
1: like, I mean, but it was a, it's a lot of that shocking, like sledding dating things. But I think a lot of a young girl's life is dating right. and that's really kind of what consumes them more than guys, even than True. guys who are single. So, but I always encourage people to like, if they're a writer comedian, like what makes your story kind of unique and special? Yeah. Like, do you have immigrant parents? Did you have to bring a you know, something different to school? Do you what's a funny story about your family that like, you know, that makes you special? Right. And, you know, if it's just, right. you know, all Lululemon pants, mm, that's okay. Not interesting.
0: Yeah. And it's funny too to be like, what's my struggle? Like I live south of the boulevard. But
1: like <laughs> I listen to like serial sister. Like, I mean, that's some stuff. Right. And so when I shared <laughs> about my dysfunctional family, um, it was that was a moment that was like really freeing and really great because it was something that I was like ashamed of, or people would be surprised, you know? Yeah. Um, because often I remember one time I was like, like my junior year of college, we went we were riding bikes in Venice and I saw my one brother, one of my brothers. And they're like, where did you go? I'm like, I saw my brother. And they were like, we didn't even know you had a brother because I only shared about my, Two sisters at the time that you know fit the perfect mold of our lives. Mm-hmm. Like she was in law school and I'm in at a C, and you know, and I I just didn't really share like that. You know, yeah. wanted that they didn't go to college or whatever. And so I think that then later on <clears throat> there was a lot of more like verbal abuse that happened with these adult sibling relationships. And I decided to share it before, kind of before they did. And it was like so freeing. And I kept thinking every – because I did it like in little segments, just like the podcast serial. I was like, okay, I'll do 10 minutes, and then next week I'll do 10 minutes. And and I'd wake up every Thursday morning, and I'd be like, oh, God, they're going to say I'm hor- – someone's going to say I'm horrible for sharing this story. And nobody ever did. Really? And I was like – no yeah. one thought I was wrong for sharing. like, And then I kind of came up with the the saying of like – why keep the secrets of those who treated you badly? Right. Like, why are you protecting them and their reputation? It's true. Like they did these awful things. So say it, speak right. out, you know, it's your story to tell. Right.
0: And I think a lot of people like a big part of the reception too, is that because people won't talk about family because it just, seems off limits by default, you bringing that to light makes people feel better and be like, oh, it's not just my family. No, like mental health's a real thing. And just because you're related doesn't mean you have to be best friends. And there are boundaries
1: you need to set. And so, and sometimes with family, you do have to say goodbye forever. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just do. Right. Because you've, you know, on the fifth try, it's like, you know what, it just causes problems all the time. And with my sister, she has, you know, adult children and one of them in particular, I would really love to have a relationship with her. And she has reached out, but I just said, if your mom mm-hmm. finds out that we're at all talking or hanging out, I know it'll cause problems. It's
0: pulling a thread. It'll
1: cause problems for you. Yeah. It could cause problems for me. It could cause problems for your sister and your brother. And you, you know, right. as long as she's on this earth, she needs to know you're loyal to her, even yeah. though it doesn't make sense. I'm a trigger. No, we just don't need any more drama in our lives, right. and therefore, I'm not gonna do anything. I'm not gonna communicate with you. Unfortunately, I'm gonna wish you best. Right. I find out through my other sister what she's doing, and it's a bummer. Right. But it's like that's not my child; it's her child, and I'm just an aunt. And yeah, you, at this point, you know, you know like better. You, you just, I just go, I cannot. Right. If, if I do something and open this door that took m- months and years and days, like whole days lost out of your life right. because back and forth fighting and three people involved, and, like all that kind of stuff. I'm just like, no, no like, too much. like yeah. yeah, I don't want my marriage affected. I don't want my kid's life affected. Like I was affected my whole life by it. And I'm just not going to let, I'm not going to let that be part of my kid's life. Well, right. Yeah. Well, are you, uh, you always talk about like, get me behind gates. Yes. I've, are you are you behind gates yet? Are you close? You know, it's weird. We've been looking at houses. Um, my brother is coming up on getting out, That's right? And it does definitely right. It's more about make, the brother. It makes me definitely nervous. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. But I struggle with it because I really like my house. Yeah. And your backyard looks great. My son still has one more year at a school that's three minutes away. So it's mm-hmm. like I don't think it's gonna happen this year yeah. because I don't really wanna throw a wrench in that. Um, I love my house. I I don't really I don't want to, I don't need a ballroom or a billiard <laughs> room or some fancy a package case. receiving season. Yeah, like I don't really <laughs> like I think one of the reasons that my kids are close to us and we're successful is so far like a drug free teenage family is because I the, the house is only 3,000 square feet. Like, I, I know their bedrooms. I can hear them, right, you know? And right. I think sometimes, like I was in one of these gated communities and I this woman was just crying to me about that her daughter was addicted to drugs and everything. And I looked out at these huge houses and I was like, all the money in the world. Right. But if you have to text your right. mom from a different wing... Like, who knows? Of course you're, of course everything. you're, yeah, all the time. Chargers. Of course you're vaping. Like, what do you want? Like, there's no, like, I just, no, totally. and I'm not criticizing anyone that has that kind of wealth. Every family is different, but I just kind of, I'm like, I don't know at this point. And then once my kids are gone, I'm like, well, I really then don't need I agree, yeah. such a house. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm basically taking the money that would go to the house to do the stand-up special and bring joy to the world
0: you know what? So and that's going to pay off in spades. <laughs> but hopefully. like to your, to your point, like we, so about like it, things just, you just adjust. It becomes your normal. Your life doesn't get incrementally any better with a bigger house or money. Like everyone yeah. says that, but you don't really probably know it till you're in that situation. Even last night, like we went to Tom Tom yes, and, and they the were fun. filming Yes, and I was watching this and I, like everybody's phones and cameras. And I was just like, this is their normal. And to me, I felt like they were zoo animals. I, I was like, This I I couldn't in my head reconcile if being on a reality show on Bravo and living like this was worth it. Because if they're just used to it, I don't like they're getting paid. But I don't think I mean, it's like not, you know, executive levels, Hollywood levels of money. But to me, it just kind of seemed like I don't know if you think you want fame and recognition, but watching them try to go to the bathroom and getting stopped 18 times. I was like, this must get annoying. But maybe some people. I th- live for I think it, yeah. for
1: them starting so young and everything, I think they love every second. Yeah. I don't think they would have been this successful doing anything else. Yeah, I think now they're on the, what do we call a little treadmill wheel, like a little hamster wheel. Like you're not going to stop it. True. It's very e- it's it is easy money. Emotionally, I think they're hard. Yeah. it's hard. It's hard on. You know, Jackson Brittany getting married. The world knew. You know, when I interviewed Britney, I'm like, no one would know that he cheated. There's yeah. a lot of people that have married their cheating fiance. True. You know, and but the whole world knew, and yeah. um and like one of the blogs just put out the transcript of the, uh, and I was like, I saw that. Knowing I was like, that it's the guys. week that they're getting married. Yeah, it's. And I'm like, I guess these those type of people are um, anonymous or whatever. Yeah. But I'm like. You are gross. It's you disgusting. like really are out to hurt someone I and I w- would never want that to be, you know. Oh yeah. I agree. Like, I mean, it's just, it's just really, so with, so with them, I'm like, I don't know. You know, it, it, I think they're they're I think they love it. I think they're good with it. I think it's different when you, it's um almost like with a, re- I think it's harder when it's a real housewife and then the whole family falls apart. True. Yeah. I guess if you're just on your own, and then I always wonder if those people ever right. go. I regret it, but I've never met anybody, except, was it, hold on, that said they re that they would not have done it. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> the well. The funny thing too is I was talking to Katie for a while. It's going to take so, me a minute.
1: But go, go ahead. So, yeah,
0: who's like so beautiful. Period and yeah. very normal size. Yes, I love her. And like twelve, we were talked for probably like I don't know half hour an hour and like. It, during at Tom, her, Tom during yeah, the uh-huh. um I think she's so great. And yes. she, no less than 12 girls came up to her and said things like, thank you for being so body positive. And I'm like, guys, like, that's so rude. Yeah. It's basically being like, thank you for being okay with the way you look. It means a lot to me. And I, she, and I was like, and I could tell she was like, yeah, it's uh, everywhere I go. It's like nice. And I, w- I want that for people, but also it's kind of like, I don't want the conversation focused around my weight. And I was like, you're, you were not fat at all, like not even close. It was so crazy like to watch it in person. And I'm like, yeah, it's there's trade-offs, I guess. But it was kind of a fascinating
1: experience. <laughs> I think I think with Katie, and I think she's gorgeous too, I almost think if she came on the show the way she looks now, yeah, it wouldn't be an issue. I right. think this is the size she's meant to be, which is normal and gorgeous right. and she looks great and everything she puts on. I think when the show started she's probably like a little unhealthy thin. Oh, yeah. They, and I think they when people go back, I think when they go back, then they're like, then that's where that comes up. You right. know what I mean? I don't think, I think it's a more drastic type of change, but I remember the person that said it. Gretchen Bonaducci. Danny Bonaduce. Danny, Danny, uh, Danny Bonaduce. Bonaduce. She, that was a very interesting <laughs> interview because that was like yeah. ahead of its time reality show, something we had never seen before. Right. And... She, you know, she said, I really regret featuring the kids at all. Hmm. The kids struggled after that. It took many years for them to get over it. And that was, like, before really social media and everything. Right. And um, so she's kind of like the first person that kind of said, like, yeah. yeah, if I could go back, I wouldn't have done right. it. Because even people, like, get divorced and stuff, I, I think they're like, did I think, like, I remember I asked, um, I won't say, but I asked one of them off camera like what they said, I think eventually I would have gotten divorced. I just think it sped up the process. Yeah, it's a little bit. It sped up the process, but then many years later it always seems like everyone's better off. You know, but it might take like five years for them to see like, no, you're better right. off being not together and all that. You're like did this <laughs> did that show expedite that, but it doesn't matter because it's there and now you have a totally different life. So I don't I really don't think hardly anyone like regrets it. Not even like even someone that's like a one hit Jules wonder. Oh,
0: Peggy God, fucking Peggy. loves it with my one
1: hundredth. I am the one hundredth <laughs> housewife. Um, I forgot about that. I think yeah. also like a one hit wonder doesn't hurt you that much either. Yeah, like Cindy like You're cool. sort of just a little bit of a joke, but Cindy's totally cool. She's she's already successful.
0: Carlton's like can cast a spell to make herself successful. Like yeah. who else is there. Oh.
1: Probably the only one that kind of suffered from it was the twenty-five twenty-five thousand dollar sunglass girl because she did then get arrested for like um, medical insurance fraud. Right. And so she might, I I do think if you're doing something criminal, it puts a target on your back. Like I always imagine like the DA that's trying to get like reelected and he's laying in bed with his wife watching Bravo. And he's like, (laughs) wait a minute. I think I'm going to have someone check out that person. And then they go after that person for the press so that then they can possibly jump politically right and so i think it's really crazy if you have anything the least bit shady like down to like everybody working on your home better be a u.s citizen and be paying their taxes like you better be so careful before you enter this world Mm -hmm. where you're exposing your life because that's that's where i think it can get really dangerous and i think that's why they honestly have a hard time casting new people for these shows because if they want extreme wealth these they're the the men who mostly are the ones making the money, they don't want to put a target on their back. Yeah. You know, even if they're not doing anything wrong, they're like, I don't want the world to know like right. that we're this wealthy or that I have this going on or, you know, or that maybe 12 years ago I did file for bankruptcy. That's going to come out. The fact that I got a domestic, my girlfriend in college is going to come out like every little thing. Right. And I, you know, now, I think 10 years ago, people didn't think about that. But now if you were going to consider doing the show, people are going to bring up all those things. And that's why I think they have a very hard time finding new people. And that's why old people come back because they're the only ones that their lives are already exposed and destroyed. They're like, sure, I'll do it again.
0: Right. It's like, you know, don't get us wrong. We want you to have a questionable moral code. It just can't be illegal. Like you want them to kind of be people that like are going to do some shitty things to their friends and family, but not very bold. Yeah, yeah. You want them
1: to be bold, but like, yeah, for yeah. their own sake. I mean, I definitely think like the Gigi cheese would probably had, they never come on TV. Oh yeah. They probably, well, he, they would still be doing what they're doing and, and you know, cause from what I could tell what they did was, was really not that terrible at the time. It was what a lot right. of people were doing. Tax fraud. It, it, it was, yeah. And it was like, you know, stating your income to get a, a loan on a property, which a lot of people did. And it's like, just state what you make. Right. Oh, I mean, my mom used to say back, there was a time in real estate where like they'd say, they, my mom would go, they would just hold up a mirror against someone's face. And if there was steam, you could get a, you know, meaning her for live, you could get a loan. Like right. there was a lot <laughs> of that going on. Yeah, totally. And so I, you know,
0: I worry for Dorit for that reason.
1: Oh, so Dorit now has to show her finances. Did you see that?
0: I, I haven't I there's just so much speculation about his PK situation and then like the lady yelling in the Bahamas video right. all that but I don't does anybody really know what's going
1: on Well the latest thing is that um so he did a loan and he tried to not pay it back by saying bankruptcy and they said no um so that is still going on and that person wants to be paid back they paid him back 250 but with interest they still owe he still owes this person 1.2 and he's not disputing that he owes them. He's just saying I don't have the money. So then now because they're married, the, the guy who's suing them asked the judge to see Dorit's financials and the judge said, yes, we will have to see your financials. Mm. Because I think they cleared out like an account that was a joint account for 30 grand and she objected and they're like, no, because you're married we are Mm. able to take your money and let's see your financials because maybe you can help pay off this loan of your husband.
0: Will those be like public documents? Like, are we going to see the ins and outs of Beverly beach? I
1: don't know that we'll. Yes. I think, I think the article said, yes, we would see because she'll have to show what she makes Hmm. on housewives and things. I I am. I mean, I think, imagine if you lent someone at 1.2 and you're not getting your money back and you're seeing Christian Dior and purses and, a lot of mesh tops. Yes. A lot of like really (laughs) expensive stuff. I mean, again, a target on your back. Like again, had they not been on TV would someone, you know, of that level accepted the bankruptcy and not continued to fight or settled at 500 and left him alone. Or is he like, Oh fuck no. With your, you know, helicopter, you know, birthday party. And I don't know. Right. The James Bond yacht singing
0: fever. Um, I love Dorit and a lot of people, people are tough on her. I'm like, I think she's the best addition. I think she's done really well.
1: I think for entertainment value, she's great. You know, she's great. I think she's fun. I like her looks. I think the kids are adorable. You know, I I want them to stay. I hope they work out their thing. I hope the guy gets paid and I hope they, I hope they make enough money that they can pay who they owe. You know, they shouldn't get out of it. They should not be able to get out of it. I don't believe that rich, I don't like that rich people can just do bankruptcy and never have to pay it back. To me, I feel like that's a huge mistake in America.
0: I I can't decide if it's better for us to, you know, support Beverly Beach or like Boy George. (laughs) Like what's going to generate the most return? (laughs) I really can't. Cause like, there's no, are people still going to, would you go pay money for a Boy George concert?
1: No, but I don't really go to concerts like, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm pretty busy. So it's like, there's only a, p- a handful of people that I'd like, that like Adele, like I'm like, my right. p- Peter, last time Adele was here, he had like three computers going and we still couldn't get tickets. Seriously? Like, God. you know, that type of, someone I really love, but it's right. someone invited me. I'd be excited to go like that. That's fun. Right. You know, good for him. But I'm excited about the the biopic about it. I think that'll be an interesting. There's
0: a Boy George biopic? Yeah.
1: And PK is producing it. So hopefully it'll be a big success. He'll make five billion dollars and he can give the one two back. So yeah, like a rocket man. Just pay It's like charge. I, you know, want you to be successful, but I feel bad for people that right. they supposedly owe. But who yeah. knows what it really is? She's saying yeah. with the Beverly Beach thing that that wasn't correct. So, <laughs> well, well, people talk about this Bethany clause, and I don't know if it's real. What
0: is it that when? Bethany signed her first contract and started skinny girl. There wasn't anything in her contract that Bravo is entitled to any of her assets. Yes. I've heard this. But allegedly now, if you start a business after being a housewife, Bravo or whoever production, I don't know who it is, gets a cut. That is absolutely true. Really interesting. Yes. It's kind of like how on shark tank, they don't tell you that like the, uh, I mean, I think that's absolutely true. Production company or network gets a cut in addition to whatever the, the deal you negotiate. Right. Like you're forever giving like
1: 5% or something. just well, That's why I think a lot there. of people go on shark tank and they don't, really don't want someone to pick it. They just <laughs> want to get the press out there that they were on it. That's almost a yes. better deal. Sometimes, you know,
0: I've always said if I went on shark tank, I would bomb it. Yeah. Um, on purpose. Cause it's all you want is the exposure. I don't want the well, yeah, yeah, investment. Exposure. Yeah. And if you watch it enough, you know what pisses them off. And Have you ever
1: tried to get on with your rugs?
0: I so a few years ago, I had the opportunity to like audition or whatever. Yeah. At the time, I was so new that I was like, they're going to torch me like I this isn't proprietary. Like I thought through all the situations. But now I wish I had done it just for like the story and the experience. And I don't know, I just I I feel like some people get turned down and it's fine. And some people it's really embarrassing. And like they really get, you know, put through the ringer and I just wasn't sure how I'd do in that situation. But yeah, I like to go on there and be like, Hey, I make rugs like ever heard of them. I don't know. It would be kind of, I felt like there's no way they'd really engage. So I don't know if I would have made it that far. I think you should try again. (laughs) Totally. No, that I, that would be so fun. But anyway, I know you have to go. You are truly like, this is your Christian service for the year. I know you're busy and you're so nice to come on my podcast. And I know my audience Loves you and will be so excited to hear from you. But tell people where your shows are and where they can find
1: you. So everybody go to net. I am doing a bunch of shows in cities. I mean, I'm coming to New York uh, July 26th. So that'll be oh. fun. I'm also going to be in Chicago in November. Awesome. Uh, Nashville, Atlanta, Tempe, Portland, Irvine, all these like before the end of the year, DC and Boston in the beginning of the year. Um, and it, I'm... Mo- so, most of them are going to be the Heather McDonald experience where I basically take the best parts of the podcast as well as my stand up. I do like an hour and a half show of impressions, talk to the audience, do all of that. Um, so, you're just getting it all because what I found is sometimes people would um, not know which one to go to because sometimes I do like a live juicy scoop and then a stand up. Yeah. And I'd get all these emails of which one should I go to. And I'm like, what am I doing? I mean, you know, why don't I just give it to them all and then it could just be the more convenient night. So, I'm that's kind of excited smart. about the new type of show and being able to just have a little more freedom, not having to worry about, you know, recording and all that because then, then the juiciest stuff can happen if we're not recording at all. So like that's right. kind of why I'm doing it too. So um, so yeah, so everything is at HeatherMcDonald.net, juicy scoop. If you subscribe, it's every Monday. I mean, sorry, every Tuesday and Thursday and you can go way back and listen to old ones and all that. And you never skip. I mean, never I, your skip. consistency is unparalleled. I mean that's I'm going on a trip and there will be two new episodes yeah. when I'm gone.
0: No, it's truly amazing. You do, you, you you're you kind of trailblaze the uh you, you were doing podcasts before they were cool and for like 4 years you've been committed to twice a week and everybody starts a podcast and then they're like yeah this is too, like no this is to every Baxter <laughs> cast off like puts out one episode
1: a month. But anyway, no. Um thank you know, so much. I know and you know what that makes me really happy when people quit Cause I'm like, I good, I want you to know how fucking hard it is. Cause I know it's something that's like, Oh, I should do, this. you know, I get it. You just are sort of like, yeah. When, once you're getting to like, you know, your 25th episode, you know, and you're told yeah, every to childhood say. story and you, you know, don't have any guests. Like, yeah, know that it's, it's a full, it's a full time job. And so I appreciate the people that have been listening to me from the start and hopefully they found other podcasts like yours, but they like still make mine a priority. So I appreciate that too, because <laughs> as there's more competition, I feel like the airline's yeah. like, we know you have a lot of options to, to put <laughs> yeah. in your ears and we're glad you chose me. Cause it's, it is hard, you know?
0: Yeah. I'll let you go. Shep, Shep Rose just started a podcast. A okay. Podcast one, and I listened to the first episode. Of course it's podcast one. Yeah. And he's like, Hey guys, it's Shep. Like he, he sounded so hungover, tired. He like, didn't even say why he was there. I was just like, do I need to hear more from Shep? I don't, I don't
1: know. I, I, it's just, yeah, every, but those networks target people that can bring the audience. They they think they see those Instagram numbers and they think, and it doesn't translate. Right. Just like huge YouTube stars didn't translate to people watching their E show. Right. You know, sometimes it does to an extent, but it's like there's all these different mediums and right. You know, everybody just does their own thing and just people, what's great is you have a lot of choices and if the, you know, and if someone wants to do something, I mean, some of the, some of the reality stars have really succeeded at it. So, yeah. you know, you never know That's to say, but still prioritize When, she, when scoop. Shep <laughs> is number one with Joe Rogan, you're going to feel like a real asshole. Joe Rogan.
0: I, I don't have enough time to listen to Joe Rogan. Like four hours. Uh, no, absolutely. Prioritize juicy scoop over your other options. You're so and my podcast, obviously, but you're so great to be here. You are you. such a delight
1: through and through. And Thank you so much for my Barbies. These are amazing. She made me a Juicy Scoop, a Heather Barbie, and a Peter Barbie. I mean amazing. Just so amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, absolutely. I'm back. Did I mention that she
0: does like acts out housewives with Barbies? Like she has all of the major housewives. Just somebody who like custom makes clothes for them, like uh, Dorit's, you know, netting she always wears. I'd be curious to see if she made, you know, the Nelcha earrings, (laughs) which I always read backwards. I'm like Nell Nel. got it, got it. I'm so tired of those earrings. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode with Heather. I like to change it up now and again and have guests. Sometimes it's just me rambling for hours. I think it's good to have some variety, and it's so fun when I get to. Talk with other podcasters and just kind of shoot the breeze. I did go to the Health Nut, the place where the Kardashians get their huge ass salad bowls. After recording this, Courtney and I did, and it was pretty good. I had the Chinese chicken salad, and it was like just okay. I, not, the chicken was fresh. The key is you need you do need a rotisserie chicken type of pulled chicken in there. I don't want something gross and slimy and baked. I don't want cubed. Kill me. No, cubed. No. Cubed meat is just n- not for me, uh, especially in, like, a chef salad when they cube the turkey or even when they rectangle the turkey. Uh, no, thank you. Shredded, small, shaved all the way. Needs to, you know, fit nicely with all the other accoutrements, if you will. But this was an OK Chinese chicken salad. Corny got another one. And she said it was fantastic. I did have a smoothie that was great. I literally spent $40 getting two salads and iced tea in a smoothie, which... I mean, maybe isn't that bad, but I kind of felt like it was a lot relative to what I'm used to. But and also inside the health net was just like a bunch of like literal nuts like me looking around to see if anybody was there. It was kind of hilarious. Like nobody famous actually goes there. They send somebody. And then the person announced um, after me was their name was Kim. I was like, oh, my God, is this my moment? But no, it was I mean, Kim's a fairly common name, but also. I if I'm ever back there, I totally want to be like, you know, just put ridiculous names on it and be like, we have ready a salad for North and a salad for Penelope and just see if people lose their minds. (laughs) Um, I saw Penelope's birthday was yesterday. And, you know, I think she is such a boss. She rolled up to wherever they went with all of her friends in a Hummer limousine wearing silk pajamas and the plushest slippers known to man that I just, you know, I'm sure was shaved off a living alpaca yesterday. And you know what? She deserves it. She's seven and she's worked really hard for all that she has. And and I'm happy for her. She has a website named after her poosh. I think she's certainly Scott's favorite, which what a dream. I'm finding myself very attracted to Scott lately. And I just think he's so together and consistent all of a sudden. And I'm just praying that this is the new him. Shocking that like a 19 year old is who ultimately grounded him. It's so interesting when you think about Sophia Richie not being able to drink but I definitely see her in the background of Kardashian stuff all the time, like holding one. Um, and apparently Kylie's coming out with a wine label, which I'm like, okay, I get cosmetics. I I, I really do, but don't, don't step into wine territory. And it's going to sell like hotcakes. I think I'm just, just because you have money and just because you have a platform, it doesn't mean you need to saturate every industry known to man. Maybe she's just making like a bottle dark and stormy with an eye. I, 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 she does she has stormy world trademarked which i think was the name of her birthday party i don't know if it's a kid's clothing line but actually maybe i'll go look up the kardashian lawyers in the trademark system which is one of my favorite hobbies trolling the trademark system to see what businesses people haven't announced yet <laughs> um but anyway guys i hope you enjoyed this episode and um don't forget if you want to support the podcast patreon.com slash be there in five is kind of the main way i fund it right now and uh follow me on instagram at be there in five f-i-v-e not the number if you ever have something to say want to drop me a line podcast at be there dot com. Rate, subscribe review all that good stuff you know the drill and if this was your first time listening because you're a fan of heathers please come back i'd love to have you here i talk about all sorts of fun stuff and then on my patreon i have bonus content like i did a makeup tutorial the one time i got sent a free pr box so i was so excited i talk I have an episode that's about what I think is weird about the royal uh, baby announcement that's like too much of a weird conspiracy to put elsewhere I have an episode I think I talk on that one too about you know trying to get podcast advertisers and what it's been like I have a really great episode that I just put up with my sister where she you know explains her big announcement and we talk a lot about life and love and disappointments and expectations and changing careers and taking risks and it's just like a really good sister's heart to heart so consider heading over there for bonus content and come back for regular content and in any capacity in which i can have you here i am so honored to keep you company and i am so so appreciative and yeah i think i'll sign off for now i mean you know i have so much more to say but you know for once i'll keep you under an hour and a half so as always let me know your thoughts and i will let you know mine i'll be there in five I swear.